right on the top of the Yom, where the Gemara explains here the Mishnah, where it says that during the seven days, so the Kain Godel was separated in his room, and they gave him to the Zikne Kohone, and then they brought him to the base of Tinas, and over there, what did they do with him in the base of Tinas? So the Gemara will explain here. Tana, we learned in Abraisa, Lelamdei Chafino. They taught him there how the Ketiris is done on Yom Kippur when it's brought into the Kedosh HaKadoshim, which was, as Gemara will explain later, it was a very difficult Avedah. The Kain had to walk in with a pan of coals in one hand and with the Ketiris in another hand. And then inside the Kedosh HaKadoshim, he would place the pan of coals down on the floor. And then he would have to take two handfuls, which is what's called Chafino. He takes a handful, the Chofan, from that Ketiris that he's holding to place it down on the pan of coals. Problem is, he's holding it in one hand, and he has to somehow take two handfuls out of it. So he has to hold it with his teeth and take in a way that nothing spills to be able to put it on the pan. It was a difficult Aveda, we'll learn about it later, the Gemara will explain this. So in order for him to be able to do this Aveda correctly, they had to train him and teach him in those seven days, this Chafina. Amarav Papa. Now, the Gemara here is going to bring, regarding the two rooms that actually the Kohen Gadol in this time period was in. Even though we learned until here that there was one room, but Amar Papa Shtei Lishka Yishayel Lekayin Gadol. The Kayin Gadol actually had two rooms designated for him in these seven days when he was preparing for Yom Kippur. Achas Lishkas Parhedrin, one which we spoke about already, which is Lishkas Parhedrin. That's the place where he lived, sort of. That was his dwelling. He slept there. And Achas Lishkas Beis of Tinnis, and one was the Lishkas Beis of Tinnis, which he spent his time there during the day to practice his Aveda, and specifically this Aveda of the Ketairis. Achas Petzofen, one of these rooms was on the north side of the Azara, Vachas Petzofen, and another one was on the south side of the Azara. Now the Gemara is going to bring the source of the, where we see that there were these two rooms, and one on the north and one on the south, and in order to bring the source of this, it's going to bring a long in over here of the Mishnayis and Mesech Midas. Achas Petzofen, so one room was on the Tzofen side, it's none, because we learned in the mission of Midas. Vav Lishkes Hoya There were six different rooms, or six different chambers that were in the Azara. Gimel Batsafen, three of them were on the Tzafen side, the Gimel Bedarim. And three of them were on the Dharim side of the Azara. Shebedarim, in the Dharim side of the Azara, you had Lishkes Amelach, Chamber of Salt, Lishkes Aparve, which was the name of a person, it was called Lishkes Aparve. Lishkes Amadichin, the room, the chamber where they washed out the parts of the carbonus. And as the Bryce here explains, Lishkes Amelach, what is this? Shasham or Yunaisnen Melach Le Carbon. That's where they salted the carbon. Lishkes Aparve, Shasham or Yumelchen Eiris Kachim. That's where they would salt the hides of the animals in order to, when they were tanning it and working with it, so they would use the salt over there for the hides of the Kachim. Valgaga on the top, on the roof of this chamber, there was a mikveh there for the Kayin Gadol, that's where he tabled on Yom Kippur. As we'll see soon, the Kayin Gadol Yom Kippur had to go to the mikveh five times, and he had to table in a place in the Azara, and he wasn't allowed to go out, he had to be in Kodesh. Ashi here brings the Posik, it had to be in the Azara. Okay, and then there was the Lishka Samadichin, Right near it, there was a room, the chamber. That's where they would wash out the innards of the carbonus of the kachim that was brought in the mizbeach. And also, um, in that room, there was also misibe, a circular steps that was oile legag besaparve, that went up to the rooftop of the besaparve, which is where the mikveh was. Those are the rooms that were on the darim side of the azara. Gemul Shabbat and then there were three rooms on the tzafin side. 
Lishkasa Eitz, Lishkasa Gaila, Lishkasa Gazis. And the Gemara, the Bryson explains what these rooms were. Lishkasa Eitz, the room that's called the, the room of wood. So Amr Abeliezer ben Yaakov, Shachachti Ma'isam Shameshes. I forgot what they used this room for. Abishal Aimer, so Abishal came and explained, Lishkas Kayan Gadl Haisa. This Lishkas Eitz, this was the room of the Kayan Gadl. And that, this is, the Lishkas Eitz is the same room that we also call the Lishkas Parhedrin. And this is the room that was on the north where the Kayan Gadl slept. <coughs> and in those seven days that he was separated. So then there was another two chambers over there that was behind um, both of them. Sorry, again, the Lishkas Kayan Gadl, it was behind the other two rooms that were there, which is the Lishkas HaGaila and the Lishkas HaGazis, which the Gebraisa will explain right now what they are. There was one roof that went over all three of these chambers. What are the other two chambers that were there? Lishkas HaGaila, there was a room that was called the room of the people from the exile. Why was it called that? Over there, there was a big pit of water. Uh, a pit that the people when they came up from Golis and they built the base of Mikdash so they, they dug this pit there was a wheel that was on, uh, on it um, and they would roll down a bucket to fill up water from there right up and down for everything that they needed in the Azara so that's why it was called Lishka Sagaila then there was the Lishka Sagazis there so the Lishka Sagazis was made from stone Sham Hoysa Sanhedrin Shal Yisrael Yeshevas. That's the room where the Sanhedrin would sit with Dona Sakainim. And then one of the main things that the Sanhedrin would do would be to inspect and look at the Kainim to see if they're kosher or not. Omisha Nimtsabai Psol, any Kain that came in and he was found to have a Psol, that he couldn't do the Aved in the Beis Amikdash, or Yeloivish Chayrim, he would dress in black clothing, or Misatif Chayrim, wrap himself in black clothing, Vyatsa, and he went out of the Azar of Halachla and he went away. Someone that came into the Lishkas Agazas and was inspected and he found there was no soul found in him. He would dress himself in white clothing and wrap himself in white clothing. And he was able to go and join his brothers, the Kainim, to do the Aveda in the Beis HaMikdash. So these are all the rooms that were, all, were on the north. And here's the source of where we see that on the north there was this room of the Kain Gadol that was called Lishkas Eitz. Or it was also called Lishkas Panhedrin. That was the sleeping quarters of the Kayan Gadol in these seven days. Achaz But then there was another room on the Darim side where the Kayan Gadol spent his time during the day practicing the Ketairis. And the Gemara here brings, again, other Mishnas in, in uh, here. This is from Tamid and from Midas, where we'll see this other room in the Darim side. The Tnan, the Mishnah says, Shiva Sha'arim Hayu Ba'azara. There were seven different uh, gates that there were in the Azara. The Mishnah here goes through all these gates, and then, at the end, we'll see that there was a room near one of these gates. That was another room for the Kayan Gadol. Gimel Batsafin, there were three entrances, three gateways entering into the Azara on Tzafin's side. The Gimel Bedarim, there were three entrances on the Darim side of the Azara. And then, there was one entrance on the Mizrach side. At the front of the Azara, there was only one entrance. Shebedarim, what were the entrances on Darim side? Sharad Leika. The Shah that was called the Shah of the Fire. Rashi actually says that he doesn't know why it was called this. But other Rishayim say that this is where they brought the fire for the Mizbeach. Sheni Loi. And then the second entrance. This is the entrance on the Dorim side of the Azara. So the, the, the Mishnah here starts from what's closer to the Mairev. And then the second one, closer to Mizrach, was Shar HaKarbon. Was the Shar that was called the Shar that they brought in the Karbanas from there. Again, Rashi says he doesn't know why it was called this, but other Rishayim say that this is the place where they brought the carbon tomid into every single day, 
reason why Rashi says he doesn't know what this is, because this was on the Dharam side, right? And the place where they shechted the Karbanis was on the Tzafan side. So why would they bring the carbon Tomit from the Dharam side if they're shechting it on the complete opposite side of the Azara? So I saw one of the Mepharshim say, I think it's one of the Rishayim that says that that spot was the place where Avram Avinu came with Yitzchak to make the Akedah. So therefore, even though the Tomit shechted on the other side, they instituted to bring the carbon Tomit every single day from that spot to remind Abishtar of the Akedah. Shlishi Lloyd, and the third entrance on the Dorim side of the Azara was Shara Mayim. The entrance, the water that was brought for the Nisach Mayim on Sukkot was brought through there. Then there was one gateway entrance on the Mizrach side, Shar Nikner. That, that's what was called Shar Nikner, a huge entrance right at the middle of the Mizrach of the Azara. There were two chambers on the side of this, of this entrance. One on the right, one on the left. One was the room for Pinchas that was, had the clothing and would dress the Kainim. On the other side, there was a chamber that was designated to make the Chavitin, which the Kain Godel, a carbon mincha that the Kain Godel had to bring every day. Now going to the Tzofen side. There was another chamber on the, uh, the sorry, what, what, are, what are the entrances, that is? What are the entrances on the Tzafen side? Shar Nitzutz, there was a chamber called Shar Nitzutz, the spark. So some say the reason it was called this, maybe Rashi is the one that says it here, I don't think so. Shah, the reason why it was called Shar Nitzutz is because if the Mizbeach, the fire went out, so they would bring fire from there for the fire of the Mizbeach. Binyan, Achsadre, Hoya, so on this Shar, Shard Lake apparently was, uh, was the materials that they brought for the fire. And here they brought the fire itself. Could be, not 100% sure. And, but this Shard was actually different than all the other Sha'arim. And what is that? And the Bach here adds one word. The Kamin Achsadre Hoya. It was built like with a porch. The entrance where it was built like with a porch on the top of it, right? Loy al Gabov. So below it was what's called an Achsadra, which is like a pavilion. You, you enter into it, and then on top of it, there's a, like a second floor, like a little porch. What was the purpose of this? Visham Kainim Shemrim Mumaila. Kainim stood over there for the midst of Shmira Samikdash. That was one of the places where the Kainim stood above. And Leviim Mumata. And the Leviim stood over there below. Okay, now the Bach changes the Girsa of the Gemara instead of what we have over here. Uh, you're supposed to read like it says in the Bach, And it had an opening going out into the Chel, which is the area right outside the Azara, right outside the Azara, between the Azara and the Harabais, there's an area called Chel. So this is one entrance in Sofen. Sheni Loi, the second entrance in Sofen is Shar HaKarbon. The Shar uh, that the Karbonis were brought into from there, because all the Karbonis are Shechter on, on Sofen's side. Shlishi Loi. So that was only the carbon tomit. Carbon tomit was brought on the other side, according to one opinion. But all the other carbonates were brought here on Sofen's side. Shlishi Loi, a third entrance. Shar Beisamoike. This is the Shar Beisamoike, which we learned about before, which was really a massive room. And in that room itself, there were four chambers and the four corners. So that's Mishnah, where it speaks about the Sha'arim on the Gdarim and the Sha'arim on the Tzofen. These are the Mishnahis and Midas. Now on this, Vitanya, it says in the Braise, there were five times that the Kayin had to go to the mikveh, and ten times that the Kayin had to wash his hands and feet. He had to table five times and wash his hands and feet on the day of Yom Kippur. Where was this done? 
So the Kiddush Yudayim Raglayim is done from the Kier, so that we know is inside the Azara. But the mikveh that he used on Yom Kippur, he went upstairs above this Beis Parvet, which is inside the Azara, that's where he went to the mikveh. Chutz Bizu. No, the Kier was in the Azara, the mikveh. There was a mikveh over there. Chutz Mizu, besides the first time in the beginning of the day, Shahaisa Bachoel, where then when the Kayan Gadl went to the mikveh, he went to the mikveh in a mikveh that was outside of Dazara, at the opening of Dazara. I mean, this is the truth is that this is not only regarding the Kayan Gadl and Yom Kippur, every kind that would come in to do Daveda every day would come in from that area, from the Shara Mayim, and he would go to the mikveh over there, right outside Dazara, before he entered to do the Aveda. So the same thing, the Kohen Gadla Yom Kippur, the first time he went to the mikveh in the beginning of the day, was over there in this mikveh that was Bachoil outside the Azara. Where was that mikveh that we're talking about now, outside the Azara? Al-Gabay Sharamayim, it was on top of the entrance where we said before on the Dharam side. The Dharam side, there was the Sharamayim. And then, here the Braisa adds, And this mikveh was situated right on the side of his chamber. So what do we see from this Braise? There's a second, there's a, here there's a second room of the Kayan Gadol. Because before we said that there's a chamber of the Kayan Gadol that's called Lishkas Ha'etz or Lishkas Parhedrin. Actually we'll see, the Gemara will explain now. But there was one chamber of the Kayan Gadol that was on the Tzofen side. And now we're saying that by the Shara Mayim, which was on the Dorim side, there was also Betzad Lishkas So There was another chamber over there and that's where the Kayan Gadol went to the Mikveh. Okay, but now... So there's two mikvehs, correct? There's one mikveh on top of Beis Parve inside the Azara, and another one by the Shar HaMayim, which was built outside of the Azara. But now the Gemara will explain which room was on which side. So there were two rooms, one room where the Kayin slept over there, and there's another room where the Kayin was practicing his Aveda of the Ketayra. So which room was on Tzafin, which room was on Dorim? Veloya Daina, and it says, I don't know, it's not clear, Ilishkas Parhedrin Bitsafn. Is the Lishkas Parhedrin where the Kayan lived and slept there? Was that on Safan's side? The Lishkas base of Tinis. And the room, the chamber where the Kayan did the Aveda of the Ketaris was the Bedorim on the Dorim side. Or maybe it was the opposite. Lishkas base of Tinis was Bitsafin, and the Lishkas Parhedrin was Bedorim. Now the Gemara will prove what it was. Mustavre, now it would be logical to say the Lishkas Parhedrin Bedorim. That the room where the Kayan Gadol slept, that was on the Dharam, Bedarim Avoy, it was on the Dharam side. My time, what's the reason? So the Gemara here will explain, it's just more convenient, it makes more sense not to cause the Kayan Gadol to have to walk extra, that it would be on the Dharam side. Why? So the Gemara here explains what the schedule of the Kayan Gadol in these seven days, when he was separated there, was. So Maktim, Koi, he wakes up early in the morning, and he would go to the bathroom, and then Vitovel, then he would go to the Mikveh. So where does he go to the mikveh? By, by the Shara Mayim. So that's on the Dorim side. V'ozel And then from there he would walk to the Tzofen side. And V'gomar Chafina. He would go into the other chamber that was designated for him, the base of Tinnis. And there he would learn the Aved of Chafina, the Aved of the Ketaris. And then during the day, what would the Kohen Gadol do? V'ozel Mikdash. He came into the base of Mikdash. He would participate in the Aveda the entire day. We learned this before in the Mishnah. It said that the Kohen Gadol for these seven days would participate in the Aveda to train him into the Aveda. Then before evening, they would spray on him from the Parah Duma. Right, as we mentioned before, every single one of the seven days they would spray on him from the Parah Duma. And then, he would have to go back to the Dorim side, which is where the Shara Mayim is, 
And there he would go to the mikveh by the Sharamayim. And we learned this before that after they spray him from the Paraduma, he has to go to the mikveh because if he's Tahir, spraying on him the waters of the Paraduma actually made him Tomei. So he would have to go to the mikveh and then the Nayach. And then it's very convenient. Right over there on the bottom side is where the Lishkas Parhedrin is. And he goes to sleep right over there. He doesn't have to walk back to the other side of the Azara to go to sleep. So according to this, we understand that the, the Lishkas Parhedrin was on the bottom side. And the Lishka's base of Tinnis, where he did his work during the day with the Ktairis, was on the Tzafna side. And Gemara says, the Yomret, if you're going to say it was the opposite, Lishka's Padherdin was Bitzafn. The place where the Kayan God lived, where he slept, was on the Tzafna side. So then he's going to have to walk extra. For the first half of the day, actually, it's not going to be a problem. But for the night, when he goes to sleep, he's going to have to walk back on the other side, as the Gemara explains now. Maktim Kay wakes up early in the morning, and Mesach Raglav, he goes to the bathroom, and then V'ozul Adarim. He's going to have to walk from the Tzafen side to the Dorim side, the Tovel, and there he goes to the Mikveh, the Gomar Chafina, and there he's going to learn the Aveda of the Ketaitis, which is going to be there on the Dorim side, near where the water is, where near where he went to the Mikveh. Then Vazala Beis HaMikdash, he goes into the Beis HaMikdash, Vavad Aveda Kula Yayme, and he does the Aveda all day. Lahadi Panya, then before evening, Madu Aleh, they spray in him from the Paraduma. And then he has to go to the Dorim, he has to go to the Mikveh at night. And now, if you're going to say that the room of his dwelling, Lishkas Parhedrin, was on the other side and Tzafin, he's going to have to walk all the way back to the other side of the Azara, to Tzafin side, to go to sleep. And there he can go to sleep. So the, quest, so, so the point is, Would we want him to have this extra exertion, to have to walk all the way back to the other side to go to sleep? So therefore, it makes sense to say that the Lishkas Parhedrin was right over there on Dorim's side where the Shara Mayim was and where the Mikveh that the Kangadal Teivled at night was. So he shouldn't have to walk back at night. So the Gemara says, no, it's not a Raya. This is not, this is, why, why don't we want him to have this extra exertion? There's, a, there's actually a point to this. Uh, again, why don't we want him to have an extra exertion? The eat tzedaiki who, and the point there is, if he's a tzedaiki, so lifreish, he's going to see seven days, he's walking back and forth, and even at night it's late, and he goes to the mikveh, and he has to walk all the way back, we want him to have extra terche, so if he's a tzedaiki, he'll say, oh, this is too hard for me, and he won't do the aveda. Inami, or even if he's a tzaddik, to make him work extra in order that he shouldn't have a haughty heart and have a, be a balkaiv in what he's doing. Morak adds even more than this, the Ilay Temachi, if you're not going to say this point here, that we want him to have an extra tirche, why not make these two rooms right near each other? The room where he sleeps and the room where he practices the ketaitis, make them one right near each other. He says, I shouldn't have to walk at all anywhere. Inami Bachad, or how about it being in the same room, one room with a bed there, and then also a place for him to practice the Ketaitis. So the fact that there's two rooms on both sides of the Azada proves that we want the Kangal to walk back and forth and to work hard. So therefore, the conclusion is that there's no raya that the Lishkas Parhedrin was on Dorim's side. And actually, the Rambam, and the way it's uh, the way the, the, the designs the, the Lishkas Parhedrin was on the Tzafin side, and the Lishkas Beis of Tinnis was on the Dorim side. Huh? In the beginning, man, human that, was that it was in the Tzavim side, right. So here's the source where the Gemara brings it and explains it. Amrullah. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly the distance. What did we say? It was 100, 135 Amis. So he's saying it's not that long. 135 Amis is how many feet? Okay. Yeah. 
the next thing in the mission, what did it say? They would tell him, my master, the Kayin Gadol, that we are the Shluchim of the Bezdin, and you are our Shliach, and the Shliach of the Bezdin, and they would, they would make a Shvu with him. So the mission uses this expression that they tell him that you're our Shliach, to do the Avaida, and you're the Shliach of the Bezdin. Says the Gemara, Leime to have it to Yufte that Ravuna bereder of Yeshua. So the expression that it says here in the Mishnah refutes Ravuna bereder of Yeshua's opinion. Om Ravuna bereder of Yeshua, Hani Kani, the Kainim of the Vesam Mikdash, Shluche the Rachmane Nino. It must be that they are Shluchim. They are sent to do the Aveda from the Yebishter. We're not the ones that send them. There's a discussion. Rashi here quotes from the Gemara and the Dadim. The Kainim that do the Aveda in the Vesam Mikdash. Who are they doing it for? Who is the Mishaleach that's sending them to be the Shluchim to do it? Is it, are they doing it for the Eibishter, Shluchim of the Eibishter, or are they sent by us, Yidin, to do the Shluchist for this Aveda? And Ashi says the difference would be what happens if there's one Yid that made a nether not to have any benefit of a certain Kayin. Could that Kayin do the Aveda for this Yid? Mm-hmm. If the Shluchid Rachmane, if the Kayin is doing the Shluchist for the Eibishter, so then he can do it for you. But if the Kayin is doing the Aveda as a Shluchist for you, so then the Kayin can't do the Aveda for you. So Rav Hunabirei the Rav Yeshua said that the Kayinim are Shluchid Rachmane, you know. And Rav Yeshua, but Rav Hunabirei the Rav Yeshua explained why it must be this way. If you're going to say that the Kayinim are Shluchim of the Yidin, is there something that we ourselves cannot do and we could send a shliach that could do it? The cloud by shlichus always is a mishaleach could only send someone to do a shlichus in his place if he himself could do it, then he could send someone else to do it in his place. So we can't do that in the base of Mikdash. So how could we say that the kainah would be our shluchim and be in our place? That was the raya of Rav Hunabirei the Rav Yeshua. But the question though is, that, that's what it says in our Mishnah here. In the Mishnah here, it clearly says that they tell the Kohen Gadol, You are our Shliach. So the Mishnah does refer to the Kohen Gadol as our Shliach. So the Gemara answers, Now we have to understand the Mishnah differently. We are having you take an oath that you're going to do the Aveda properly. Based on the purpose of what we're sending you for, and the das of the bezin. So when the Mishnah uses the term shliches, it doesn't really mean shliches in this sense that you are our shliach. Really, you're the Abish's shliach. But what the Mishnah is saying is, when a person makes a shvuah, so the Kayan Godl could be making a shvuah, and he'll have in mind whatever he thinking, he's thinking with his shvuah, and he's not going to think the proper the, the thing of the shvuah, that what we want him to think. So what we're telling him is, we're, you're making the shvuah based on what we want to send you for. According to our opinion, what we want it to be for. That's what the Loshan Shlichus over here means. Really just our opinion. But not really the union of Shlichus. Because we can still say like Ravonu Bereid Rav Yeshua, that the Kohen Gadol is the Shliach of the Yebishter. The next thing it's said in the Mishnah is, who After they would make the Shvua with him, he would cry and they would cry. Who The Gemara explains, why would he cry? That they, were, they suspected him that he's a Tzadaiki. And then they would cry, Anybody that suspects someone, that's really someone that's kosher, he gets harmed, Abish punishes him within his body. And Ashir brings the source and what you find by Meshir Rabbeinu, when he, when he said about the Yidin, that Yidin are not going to believe me. So what happened? Meshir Rabbeinu became a Mitzayra, Mitzayra Askashelech. So therefore they would cry that they were Chayshid is Kayan Gadol. Why is it so important that he should make this Shavuah? Answer is, 
the yachnes. So you shouldn't prepare the ketores outside the kodesh hakedoshim and bring it inside. Kederech shat tzedekim oisin like the tzedekim do. We'll see in a moment. The Gemara is going to describe this, but basically. There's two ways how you can make the ketores. As I mentioned in the beginning, the ketores, the kayan god, comes into the base of Mikdash holding two things in his hands. In one hand, he's holding a pan of hot coals, fire. On another hand, he's holding the ketores. So one way how to do it is, and this is what the tzedekim said, that you have to put the ketores on the pan of the fire and create the smoke, the onon, outside. And that's how you enter into the Kedosh HaKadoshim, with the smoke already coming out. According to the, the Chachamim, that's not the Pshat and the Psukim. The way it's done is you walk into the Kedosh HaKadoshim separated, the pan in one hand and the Ketodos in another hand. In the Kedosh HaKadoshim is where you have to take the Ketodos and place it onto the pan of fire. Gemaria brings a story about this now. There was a story, there was a story with one Tzadiki that was a Kayin Gadol, he prepared the Ketodos on the outside, the Hichnes, and he brought it inside. When he came out, he was very excited that he did it the way he thought was right. <coughs> his father met him and he said to his son, my son, even though we are tzadikim, and this is how we interpret the psukim, and we say, and therefore you're happy that you did it the way you thought is right, but I mean, we're afraid, maybe the prushim are right, and don't be so excited that you did it the way you did it. So his son tells him, My entire lifetime I had pain. I was thinking about this Pasuk. This is the way the Tzadikim interpreted this Pasuk. What was the basis of their understanding? Because the Pasuk says, How do I appear by the Kapiris? How do you appear in the Kedosh HaKadoshim with an Onan, with the smoke, with the cloud? Meaning they held that you place the Kedosh on the fire before, so you come in and the cloud is already there. Amarti, I said, When will I have the opportunity to do it in this way? Now that I had the opportunity to do this, I shouldn't do it this way. I shouldn't be, uh, so he was excited that he did this. They said, It didn't pass many days. Until this Kain Gadol that was at Stoiki and did it this way, died. And not only that, He was thrown into a garbage dump. And he was thrown into a garbage dump. And there were, there were um, worms that were coming out of his nose. And Rashi explains the reason is because when you enter in the Kedosh HaKadoshim, what's the first part of your body that enters into the Kedosh HaKadoshim? The nose of the person. Right? So therefore, the nose sticks out. So that's the first one that enters. So therefore, he entered into the Kedosh HaKadoshim in an inappropriate way. So the Tilaim were coming out of his nose. Yes, Imrim. Ah, no, but this is the pshat. Okay, this is the pshat that Rashi says. If they knew that he was a student, why? Well, so apparently they didn't know, right? So oh. he he passed. I mean, he, he they, they made a shavuah with him, but he made a false shavuah, and then and he was a tzaddiki. Yeah, and as I said, the second base of Mikdash, they would pay money to be the kohen gadol. But yes, Imrim. Others say that the end of the story was different. Be it as he was coming out, nigif, he was harmed right over there. And what happened to him? The Tanit Abchir, Abchir said, what happened was, there was a loud noise that was heard outside in the Azara. Shabbat Malach, a Malach came, and he banged him on his face. And the Kainim heard this big noise, and they came inside. They saw like the print or the mark of the sole of a foot of a calf, between his shoulders. And this was the print or the mark of the foot of the Malach that, that pushed him. 
Shanema, the Pasik says regarding the Malachim, Viraglayim, Regal, Yeshara, their feet are straight, the Kaf Raglayim, the sole of their feet, Kaf Regal, Egel. It's like the foot of an Egel, of a calf. This is a story with a Tzdoiki that did the Ketiris in the Mesa Mikdash, not the way it was supposed to. The next thing we learned in the Mishnah was. Oh, that the reason why his nose, okay, that's another shot. The reason why the worms came out of his nose is because the smoke that he smelled was not, not, not proper. Okay, very good. So that's another shot. The next thing it said in the Mishnah was. said This was regarding the reading for the Kayin at night, the Kayin Gadol, that is. So Rabschai ibn Kavutla said that he read Sefer Daniel for the Kayan Gadol. So here the Gemara brings a side subject, very interesting, regarding the name. So Masnila Ravchanan Barabba Lechia Barav, Kamei Derav, when Ravchanan Barabba was teaching this incident in front of Rav, so he said, so Omer Rabschai ibn Kafutal, he repeated it and then he said the name with a fei, Rabschai ibn Kafutal. So Rav motioned with his hand that he's saying it wrong and he motioned some way to correct him that it's Kavuta with a vase. So the Gemara asks, why did Rav motion with his hand? Why didn't he tell him? Answers the Gemara, he was in the middle of saying Kriyashma, so he didn't want him to interrupt. If he was in the middle of saying Krishma, you were allowed to motion with your hands and to, to correct him. When you're reading Shema, don't make any signs with your eyes, no signals with your lips, and don't make any signs with your hands either. The same thing, and you do make a hint with your eyes, or you make a signal with your lips, you show with your hands, with your fingers. The Apostolic says, And you did not call out to me, because you're busy making signals to other things. So how could Rav do this in the middle of Kriyashma? So the Gemara says, The time, only in the first parasha of Shema, are you not allowed to make any signal. But in the second, you are... So over here, you wanted to show who, what the right name is. It was only in the second parish of Shema, and he's allowed to make the signal. So now in connection to this, the Gemara brings a brayse. Yes, yeah. I believe so. It says in the brayse, what did we learn out from this? That it says, you should speak in this, you should speak words of Teireh. Only it, only this you should speak and not Tfila. What does this mean? Rashi explains, Vidibartaba means when you say Kriyashma, you should say the words of Kriyashma loud. When you say the Burach of Shmei Nasre, Tfilah, so over there you speak low. That's Rashi's Pshat. Taisus' Pshat is, Vidibartaba means that in the middle of Shmei Nasre, over there, you're not allowed to interrupt at all. Even if a king comes and he asks you and he's, he's greeting you, you're not allowed to respond to him at all. And even a snake that's in your vicinity, you're not allowed to make any interruption. Whereas in Kriyashma, there are, there are certain cases where you're allowed to make interruption. That's the, the bomb v'loi b'tfila. The difference, so the two pshatami of what's the difference between Kriyashma and the Shmei Nesra. Another pshat of says, V'dibarta bomb, bomb yesh l'cha reshus l'daber v'loi b'dvarim acheidim. That you have reshus to speak words of Teire, but you shouldn't speak any other words besides Teire. So, in other words, a person should, Ashir uh, says, what is Dvarim Achayrin? Just frivolous talk or other child talk. A person should not occupy his time with that. If he has time, he should use it to speak words of Teira. Rabach has another pshat. 
What does this mean? Make the words of Taita that you learn permanent. And the words of Taita that you learn should not be temporary. A person that speaks mundane and other kinds of things and not words of Taita that he has an opportunity to learn. You should speak words of Taita and not other, other things. said, over belav that you're over on a love if you speak other words shenemar koladvarim yegeim la yuchal ish ledavar all the other things that a person speaks about that are that are yegeim that just uh, that are not necessary a person should not speak them so therefore you're over belav it doesn't literally mean a love because this is a pasuk in kahelis so over here when you look in this brayse there are two opinions brought over here regarding vidibar tabam what it refers to. The Tanakhama says it tells you to speak bum, to speak words of Torah and not to speak other words that are not necessary. And then Rabbi Acha says that you should make the Torah kva and not aray. So it seems like it's a machlaikis. It seems like that Rabbi Acha has no problem with a person speaking dvar macherim. That's why he argues with the Tanakhama. He brings a different drasha. So is this true? The Tana, Rabbi Acha by Yaakov holds, Rav Achaim, Rav Yaakov holds, that you could speak other words even besides divre Torah when you have an opportunity to learn Torah. So there's a sikha from the Rebbe, where the Rebbe explains a very interesting pshat in this Gemara, that really when it says Dvarim Acherim in the Braise, there's two different ways that you could interpret what Dvarim Acherim means. Rashi says Dvarim Acherim refers to Sikha Sayyiladim Vekalas Reish. That's the Tanakhama's opinion. But the truth is that within Taira itself, there's also Dvarim Acherim. Why? Because Taira is divided into two parts. There's the Halachis, the mitzvahs of the Taira, and then there's all the stories of the Taira. That's what's called Dvarim Acherim. In the Tanakhama's opinion, when it says in the Torah, Vidibar Tabam, the mitzvah of Limud Torah includes all parts of Torah, mitzvahs of the Torah, the stories of the Torah, and therefore when we exclude Dvarim Acherim, it's coming to exclude only Sichas Hayalad and Vakalas Reish. Therefore, you say that that's the Drasha, Veloy Bedvarim Acherim. But according to Rav Acha, when the Torah says Vidibar Tabam, the mitzvah of Limud Torah refers mainly to learning about the mitzvahs of the Torah, the halachas of the Torah. So we can't exclude Dvarim Acherim. Dvarim Acherim would refer even to the stories of the Torah. So therefore he says another pshat that it refers to making the words of Torah permanent. Which means when you learn Torah, there are two parts of Torah. <coughs> learning the mitzvahs and the halachas of the Torah, that should be a more permanent part of learning Torah. And whereas the Dvarim Acherim of Torah, which means the stories of Torah, is also important to learn. But it's not, it doesn't have to be as kva as the, as the stories of Torah, as, as the mitzvahs of Torah that you learn. That's what I have pshat in this Gemara. Okay, we'll stop over here. There's a, no, isn't there?